This morning, Wes's lesson this morning is going to come from the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, Luke 10, 25 through 37. Luke 10, 25 through 37. This morning I'll be reading 10, 36 through 37, if you'd like to turn there. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Thank you, Tommy. It's a beautiful day today. It may be raining outside, but it's a beautiful day today. And for lots of reasons, uh, this is the time of year. There are so many awesome things that are going on. And uh, we had a beautiful Christian couple that was joined in, in marriage up here yesterday. And I hope, I know a lot of you were here, but it was just a wonderful thing to see. Hope to see that for my children one day, to find that, that Christian spouse. Uh, we come here to worship the Lord on the Lord's Day. Uh, Miss Lucy's here with us today. Miss Nancy's back. She's hiding behind the column, but she's back there with us today. Robert's with us. He got his scans back this week. Said cancer-free. Amen. Hey, we, can, we can rejoice in that, can't we? That's awesome. Uh, our young people, they're starting to leave. This is Sage's last Sunday, at least for full time. I know you have to be back because your mama's here, and if you don't, uh, well, anyways, you come back. But it's going to be his last Sunday for a while. It says he leaves uh, to, go to, to go to Tennessee Tech. Uh, it's a great day. It's a potluck Sunday today, a fifth Sunday, and we're looking forward to that. If you forgot about it, stick around. I think Howard ordered enough chicken to feed about 100 extra people, so we will be good. So stick around. Fellowship with your brethren. Spend time with your brethren. Talk about God and what God's doing in your life. Uh, we leave this afternoon. About, about 25 of us are leaving from Maywood Christian Camp. Pray for these children. Uh, pray, for the, pray for these young people. Probably one of the most influential things in my life was time that I spent at church camp. I didn't know it at the time. I'm telling you, I met my wife at church camp. One of the biggest reasons I'm a preacher of the gospel today is because of time at church camp. Pray for these children. Now, I'm going to spend this, this week with the eight-year-old boys. So pray for me. Uh, it's my third year in a row, and I think it's just because I'm willing that, that they put me in there. But we're going to have a great, great week. Uh, this Wednesday night, we will be having a special devotional service, and some of our men are going to be leading us in that. It's going to be a great time, so be sure to come and be a part of that. Uh, our classes will all meet out here, and that's going to be a great time. This Friday night is the 4th of July. And I don't know if you have plans, but one of the things that some of our brethren are trying to do, that the Pickwick Church has invited everybody from the Savannah Church. And I'm going to be speaking, and Dustin's going to be leading singing. Probably shouldn't have told you, you might not come. But, but they said, J just come. And we're going, to, we're going to talk about, they have a meeting going on this week, on Friday night. That meeting's going to continue. There's going to be a meal, and they want everybody to stay afterwards to watch the fireworks. You know they're up there on the hilltop. If we don't have a great time, I don't know what kind of time we're going to have. I think it's going to be great. And uh, just, just so many awesome things that are going on. It is a great day, and we're blessed to be here. Now, I, I, we, we've been talking th throughout this whole year about Jesus and about what it means to walk with Jesus. And we've looked at a lot of, a lot of uh, things that happened to Jesus, ways that He's responded to people. We've looked at, at the, some of the teachings that, that, that He's brought about. But for the next few Sundays, I want us to spend some time 
talking about what, what might be the most well-known part of the life of Jesus' ministry. I want us to talk about His parables. And really, this is a challenging thing to do because there are so many parables, so many of these, of these stories that Jesus used to illustrate these, th- th- these amazing messages. Sometimes we, we talk about these earthly stories with this heavenly meaning. Well, we could have preached all year on the parables, right? I mean, th- th- there, are, there are over 50 parables that, that, that Jesus uses because as that master teacher, He understood about connecting. And many times I want you to see, even though I don't have the words, or maybe you can't understand the words that I want you to get across, I want you to understand it's like this. It's like this thing that we all understand or that we've all experienced. And so here in Luke chapter 10, we, we find this individual who comes to Jesus and he's asking the question. He's asking the same question that all of us are asking, right? What must I do to inherit eternal life? That's the question. I mean, if we have any question, we want the answer to that one. And Jesus says, well, what do the Scriptures say? And this, this guy's not new. This guy's been around. He apparently has heard some of the things that, that, that Jesus has been saying. And he says, well, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Because Jesus told people that, right? That's what all the law is built on. Everything else is going to fit into those two things. Jesus says, yep, that's it. A plus, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. What does the Bible say? This is what the Bible says. But, verse 29, the Bible says, but wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I believe we have to always ask questions. But sometimes Jesus gives us insights that that none of us have into why people are asking questions. Sometimes we hear the answers to those questions and we say, I I, I see what that means and, and I think I know what that means. But sometimes that produces even guilt in our lives. Right? Right? Have we ever we, we, we've known things and I know I know that's what I'm supposed to be, but I also know that I'm not that. But but there's a technical reason. There, there's a reason that I haven't you fill in the blank. Right? And, and we could all give the explanation. And well, that's what was going on with this man. I I, I know the answer, I've heard it, but I want I want to make sure you understand this is why maybe I haven't fulfilled that. Because who technically who is my neighbor? Right? I mean, I've been really nice to this person and I've loved this person, but, but you know those people that I haven't loved so much, those people that I haven't, well, they're not really my neighbor. Right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them into that classification. Who is my neighbor? And so Jesus replies to him and he tells them this story. This story about a Samaritan. That we call the Good Samaritan. To answer his question. Who is my neighbor? How do I inherit eternal life? One of the best quotes about the story of the Good Samaritan comes from this man named H.I. Hester. And he made this comment that this beautiful story, he says, that was called forth by an insincere questioner has done more to build hospitals and other charitable institutions than any other words ever spoken. Pretty powerful words that we're about to hear. Pretty penetrating words. 
I've been asked to go uh, in, in, a, in a couple of months to go and speak at, at a fundraising dinner for a, a great work, actually a, a Christian camp back in Missouri. And I was thinking about that th- this week. Uh, how do I inspire people? How do I make people think? How do I convince them of the greatness of what this is to the point that they ought to invest even their hard-earned money into these things? It's a challenging job, isn't it? Isn't it? Steve and I were talking the other day about fundraising and how you go about How do you inspire people? Jesus is about to inspire people. Jesus has inspired people with these words to give up everything to serve other people. Jesus is about to speak words that have inspired people to take the focus off of themselves, which comes so natural to every single one of us, and put the focus on that person. To put the focus on people who have nothing. To put the focus on people who can do nothing for us. To put the focus on people who are are undesirable even in, 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 in our culture. He's about to tell them the story of this Samaritan. Jesus replied and He said, there was a certain man that was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and they went off leaving him half dead. And by chance, by chance there was a certain priest that was going on the road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. Have you ever done that? Most of us have done that, haven't we? Sometimes we're supposed to do that, aren't we? You come up to an accident in the highway and it's over on the left-hand side, so what do you do? What do you do? You get in the the left lane. I I get out of the way and I I keep on going, right? And likewise... Likewise, there was also a Levite. And when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on by on the other side. But but a certain Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. He felt compassion. He didn't just see someone who was going to take a lot of work. He didn't just see the person who was going to need some attention or going to take away from my time or my money or my experience. He says when he saw this person, he felt compassion. And because of that compassion, we, we continue to read that he, he, he actually came up to him and he, ban- and he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own on his own beast, and he brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day he took out on the on the next day he, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said to him, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Now, Jesus says in verse 36, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? Here's the question. You've heard the story. We've all heard the story. If you're here and you've never heard the story of the Good Samaritan, this is probably your first time in a church building. Because most of us, if we've heard any parable, we know this. 
But it's not just a story. It's a story that we're supposed to make some application of. Well, it's the one who showed mercy towards him. And Jesus said to him, Jesus said to the man who was asking the question, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? He said to that man, and He says to us, go and do the same. When I tell you to love your neighbor as yourself, I'm not telling you to sit there and and, and say, I love my neighbor. You know, my neighbor's so nice. I just think sweet things and they keep their yard mowed and, 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 and they always, you know... all. He says, go and do likewise. The, the key word is this one. It's compassion. When a priest and a Levite came to the same situation and I don't know what was going on in their life. Maybe they were busy. Maybe they had to be somewhere. Maybe they didn't want to be bothered. But it says that they just got, got to the other side and they kept on moving. The only thing that caused the only thing that caused this this man, this Samaritan, to actually stop, the thing that caused him to go out of his way, the thing that caused him to bandage his wounds, the things that caused him to, to put him on his own beast and to take him to the inn and pay for the things that is compassion. I'm thinking about that person. I'm thinking about what they need. I'm thinking about their perspective. I'm thinking about their experience. I'm thinking about what they are dealing with. Be a person of compassion. Be a person... Don't live your life for yourself. Some of us have experienced enough of living life for ourselves to know that it's so unfulfilling. It'll fulfill you for about two seconds and then you're left empty. You go and you give your life away and that's when, that's when you'll receive your life. Live your life for other people. Have compassion. One of the great keys throughout the Word of God is this, this idea of compassion and we see it in Jesus. In almost every turn, we find Jesus having compassion on the people that He saw. What prompts Him? If He cares... You go and you read Philippians chapter 2 about that mind of Christ. And over and over, Jesus is saying, this is what moves me. I'm here to, to serve. I'm here to be a sacrifice. Because what you need is more important than what I want. What you need is more important than what I want. And if you're anything like me, you need to, you need to remind yourself of that fact about 50 times every single day. Nobody has to remind me about what I want. Nobody has to remind me about my ideal or my dream world or exactly. Nobody has to help me with that. But I have the story of the Good Samaritan to remind me it's not about me, it's about serving other people. It's about the opportunity to make a difference, even in the same way that Jesus made, it, made a difference. When Jesus saw the people in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, it says that He felt compassion for them. He saw these people who were, who were sincere people. He saw these people who wanted to do what was right, but they were like a sheep without a shepherd. They just had never been taught. And He felt compassion for them. The Bible says when Jesus came and He saw people who were sick, 
He saw people who were blind. He saw people who were lame. He saw people who had seizures. Do we know about sickness? The Bible says that He felt compassion for them. You ever been with somebody who was really sick? Do you take the time to go to the hospital or to go and sit by... Go and do that. And it puts life into, into, some, into some really powerful perspective. If you're feeling really bad, go down, go down to Savannah Healthcare. You spend 30 minutes walking up and down the halls, feeling what other people are struggling with. It'll change your perspective on life. Jesus felt compassion. The Bible says in Matthew 15, Jesus called His disciples to Him and He said, I feel compassion for the multitude. I know it's tough. These people have been here for three days and they've got nothing to eat. Why did He feed them? You know, sometimes Jesus fed people and sometimes Jesus didn't feed people. But in this time, He fed them because He felt for them. He had compassion for them. Matthew 20, and moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and they followed him. Luke 7 and verse 13, he comes upon, he comes upon a funeral of a mother who's burying her son, and when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her. When you go to the funeral home and you see people who are, you feel compassion. It's not about me. Who, who, likes, who likes to go to the funeral home? Lisa, you ever met anybody that's like to go to the funeral home? No, you work there and you don't like it, do you? It's, it's, it's depressing. It's sad. Why do you go? What they need is more important than what I want. I'm going to take ten minutes out of my day to comfort someone else. Not because that's fun, but because they need that. They need that arm. They need that prayer. They need, that, they need to know that they're loved. On and on. The word is compassion. What made the difference in the Samaritan and everybody else was that when he looked at this man, he felt compassion. So go and do likewise, he says. So how do I do that? I think sometimes it's real easy for us to, 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 look, at, to look at Jesus' story of the Good Samaritan and say, I got that. Yep. Next time I'm walking down the street, Next time I'm walking down Dove Drive and I see a man who's been beaten and left for dead, I'm going to stop. I'm going to help him. Right? Because that's, that's what Jesus said to do. That's not just what He said to do. You ought to do that if you're walking down Dove Drive. It might be me. I might, I might need your help. It's bigger than that, isn't it? It's about loving your neighbor. It's about feeling compassion for people that you might not ordinarily feel compassion for. Find a way to implement this in your life. There was a guy, a member of the church that I used to work with when I was young, and we, we talked about this story. And we, I was on a road crew, and we had a lot of time to, to be together. And he told me that because of the story, he said that he personally felt convicted that, if, that he, he had to pick up every hitchhiker that he saw. That if he was driving along and there was somebody thumbing it, and, and he's not talking about 1960 thumbing it, he's talking about 1990, right? He said, I, I just feel convicted to pick that person up and to take them as far as I can take them. And I said, well, you know, that's a great thing for you. But he said, but, he said, but I'm not as convicted of that as I used to be. 
He said, I picked up a man in, in, in central Indiana and I was driving down through Illinois and back to Missouri and I picked this man up in my pickup truck and about 20 minutes into our drive, he said, this fellow pulled out a big old buck knife and just started scraping that over his thumb. And he said he did that for three hours. He said, I've never been so glad in my life for somebody to get out of my truck. <laughs> but what was he trying to do? He's trying to care for other people. What does it look like? It's a lot simpler than we think. It's not, it's not that complicated. You don't have to pick up every hitchhiker that you see. Matter of fact, I would say, don't pick up every hitchhiker that you see. I was thinking about this week. Some of you have met, you've met Ron. And, and Ron, Ron's sitting with Alan because they got matching belt buckles and they're cowboys. But Ron's been coming and worshiping us for, for the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months. And, and you might ask, well, where did Ron come from? I mean, how, how did he wind up here? Well, to make a kind of a long story short, Ron was at Walgreens one day. And Ron was trying to work those machines that none of us can really work if we're over 30 years old and they're just complicated. And he's trying to get some pictures developed and Nicole Perkins walks up behind him. And she sees this man who's old enough to be her father, maybe grandfather. And she talks with him. She finds out something about his story. And she helps him with what's going on, with what he's trying to do. And she invites him to church. Why? Why didn't she just stand behind him? I wish this, I wish this old guy would hurry up. I got a place to go. I got a baby, you know. I got to get, get, get to it. I got things to... to I, I got a life to live. I, I got to get move on out of the way. Have we all probably stood there and done that? I'm going to take some time. And I'm going to feel compassion. I wonder what's going on in his life. Not just wonder, I'm actually going to ask the question. We pass hurting people every day. Is that true? I'm curious in the last month, how many people would describe themselves as hurting? Anybody? Just me? Raise your hand if you, if you feel like you've, you've hurt in the last month. No? Most of you don't want to raise your hand. I know it's more people than are raising their hand. Nobody wants to raise their hand, but I know it's more people. I've heard your stories. I could go around this room. Every day, we pass people who are struggling. Struggling with things that we don't think about because it's not my life. I raise my hand. I'm telling you, life's hard. i got so, I got so many questions that I don't have answers to. I don't like to cry. I've done, I've done my share of crying the last month, two months. Life's hard. I bet some of you are the same way. Let me, let me just stop. Let me just slow down. Let me just ask these questions. We've got people that are hurting. Man, if, I just, if you just raise your hand because, because you had cancer or you knew somebody with cancer, we would have half the room raise your hand. Don't we? I like to talk about the people that are here because, because, because we got people that know, that know how heartbreaking it is to, to, to not be able to come and worship. Miss Joyce here with us. I didn't even see you here, Miss Joyce. You go, you go and you, you talk to Miss McCaskill a couple of doors down and you know what she'll tell you? 
She'll tell you about how hard it is on Sunday morning when she sits there and she watches all the cars pass by because more than anything else, she wants to be here. But her body won't let her be here. And that's her life. Not for a day, not for a week, not for a... That is her life. We've got people that are hurting physically. Miss Betty, she wasn't here for six months. It's hurting. See, I'm not hurting. I'm up walking, so it's easy for me just to keep on walking. I need, I need to stop. I need to stop and feel that compassion. People, people that are hurting emotionally, and my body may be good, but my mind is not in the right place. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. This, the sense of grief, the sense of despondency, the anxiety, the, the, the depression, on and on it goes. Friends, is that in this room? And we like to act like it doesn't exist. It exists. It exists in incredible numbers. There are a lot of people that you could go out and run a 5K. But you're a mess. They're a mess. I'm a mess. Financially, i got bills that I can't pay. I'm making lots of money and I'm spending even more. And I don't know about next month. And a lot of these things are tied together when i got physical problems and emotional problems and it gives me financial problems. How am I going to pay for this? Got kids going to college? We got, you know, kids needing diapers. We got things that we're trying to do. Come on. It's real, isn't it? It's real. We got people that are hurting spiritually. We got people that are hurting spiritually. It's a big deal to be here this morning. It took all the will that you had to get out of bed and come to worship the Lord, and you don't like that. You don't even like that about yourself, but you know it's true. And behind every one of those little facts, there's a story. Behind every one of those little facts, there's something going on in somebody's life that they're dealing with and that they're struggling with. And Jesus is telling us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Look around, folks. If those things are true in this room, are they true outside of this room? Are they true about the people that you work with? Are they true about the people that you pass by at Walmart? Are they true about the people that stand in line? Yeah, they're true about everybody. It is the human condition. I don't know anybody who, who could honestly say, I don't remember the last time I had a problem. We pass it every day. And the easiest thing in the world, what, what our world trains us to do, is to put on that left turn blinker and just move over and just keep right on trucking. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Think about yourself for a moment when you've hurt physically and people have cared for you. When you couldn't walk and people helped you walk. Think about yourself for a moment when you've hurt emotionally and people have put their arm around you or they've written you a note 
or they've done something to help you. You think about yourself for a moment when you had bills that you didn't know how you were going to pay. And somebody was the instrument of the Lord and they wrote a check in your name. Think for a moment about the low points of your life spiritually. When you love the Lord, but you just didn't know. You just didn't know. And somebody built you up. And somebody held your hand. Friends, everybody has been there. Jesus says, go and do likewise. That's the story of the Good Samaritan. That's the path that leads to eternal life. You want fulfillment in your life? Don't turn your blinker on and get in the other lane. Put your brakes on. Put your brakes on and invest your life in somebody else's life. Feel compassion. Not just for your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife or, 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 your, or your circle. We're all good at that. You feel compassion for somebody for somebody that's outside of your circle. For someone that the only thing you know about them is that Jesus loves them. And that's enough. Go and do likewise. Friends, it will change your life and it will put you on the path to eternal life. That's the message of the Good Samaritan. Friends, if you're here this morning, I want you to know you're amongst strugglers. I get tickled sometimes when people talk about people at church. Those people at church, and they got it all together. And I'm just going to tell you, and what I tell them is, you don't even know. I mean, I almost want to laugh sometimes when they talk about those people at church. Yeah, they got more problems than anybody I know. It's because I know about their problems. Because we're trying to fight them. We're trying to overcome. I don't care what you're struggling with. You're not the first person to struggle with it. And Jesus doesn't want you to struggle with it alone. If you're here this morning and you're not a part of the body of Christ, you're missing out on the greatest blessing you will ever receive. Come and be a part. Come and be baptized into Christ. Those are not just words. They're not just words. They're not just doctrine. They're not just teaching. It is a lifestyle. Give your life to Christ. If you're here this morning and you're hurting, come and let people hurt with you. And I don't know why, but it's easier. It's comforting. Come and be comforted by the One who truly loves you. Do it this morning as we stand and as we sing.